and welcome to Lit Liturgy. This is Becca Midiki Conlon. I am the pastor at St. Paul's and Good Shepherd Lutheran Churches in Easton, Pennsylvania. And this is Lydia Apostles, and I'm the pastor at Family of God Lutheran Church in Buckingham, Pennsylvania. And we are Lit Liturgy, your favorite worship podcast with a twist. We are lit. We are amazing, happening, lively, popping, on fire, and epiphilicious. I will just make that word up right now because I can. <laughs> And also, um, well, lit also means super drunk, and we will not be getting super drunk because that was last night. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but we are drinking, and we are drinking uh, Heretic Beer Juicier Than Thou, which is a New England-style IPA with mango. It's from Heretic Brewing Company in Fairfield, California. Yeah. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. It's kind of a different experience. Um, it's still an IPA. And yeah. Yeah. Not, not our favorite. With with extra lactose, which is not what we need with how much cheese we had yesterday. Right, and then we ate some more a little while ago. <laughs> we have anyway, all the cheese. So um, we will most likely swear at some point in this podcast because, you know, it's us. <laughs> if you don't know that by now. <laughs> Sorry. What's going on? <laughs> and, of course, we also have to thank Brian Odine for our lovely and amazing theme music. So yes. thank you. So we are right now in the midst of the craziness that is the uh, Advent and preparing for Christmas. But we are looking past Christmas a little bit, and we're going to be talking about baptism today. Woohoo! Um, baptism of our Lord Sunday is coming up, um, which we'll get to later. But we figured why as well talk a little bit about baptism itself, because we never have. We've talked about baptism of our Lord Yes. And communion. We've talked a lot about communion. In the Lutheran Church, we have two sacraments, and those are the biggies. So why not talk about baptism? Yeah, we, we never have, which is odd, odd enough. So in the ELW, which is the Evangelical Lutheran Worship, the current, modern, most recent hymnal from the ELCA, yes. um, the liturgy for the baptismal rite goes a presentation, the profession of faith, uh, of faith, uh, <laughs> or face. Yeah, I profess your face. This is my, the face <laughs> of the person being baptized. Pre- profession of faith, which includes the three times I renounce them, and then the con- uh, congregation saying together in three parts, the Apostles' Creed, um, a thanksgiving at the font, baptism, a blessing of the person, sealing them with a cross, and then welcoming them, which often includes giving them a candle or somebody who is capable of holding a candle, a candle. Theoretically. And then you have to figure out, okay, we're not going to give the candle to the person holding the child if you're <laughs> baptizing a child. Uh, yes. So Do not do that. Yes. Almost all my baptisms I have done have been for kids. So I have infants. I've done a few younger or older kids and I've done one adult, I think, in my career. When I get to the point of the congregation, so normally it's the individual or the parents promise to come to the, and not just to the font, but to the table and place in their hands the Holy Scripture and all that jazz. All that stuff, yeah. Um, then you turn to the congregation, you ask if you will pray and uphold this person in their, in their life and faith. And I not only include the parents, but or the child's name, but I also include the parent's name as well. Ah. So that, because I think a huge <clears throat> part of the congregation praying for and upholding the child is also to help the parents and to help give the parents the tools needed to help raise the child in the faith. So mm-hmm. that's the reason why I do that. Just a little thing to... Um, because how many because how many times have we done baptisms for for kids and then like you don't see the parents you don't see the family yes again <laughs> but also you are still promising to pray for them and 
So maybe there'd be better connection between the congregation and the parents, which they can reach out and be like, how can we help you? Just something simple. Also, uh, there's a lot of what you should do about the three times I renounce them. It gets a little odd. So I normally just make it into one question. Um, And I love that part. So I love, I like keeping it as three. Yeah. I know that we have a whole, you actually have a whole congregation to it, don't I you? do, yeah. Whenever I get to that part, I, the reason I like that part because it's a remnant of the rite of exorcism, and I love pointing that out to my congregation because I think it's cool, and I make sure that the whole congregation participates in the we renounce them because I think it's a good thing for us, for all of us to reaffirm that. If we're, if we're all saying the creed together, why not? which is what we do profess, why not all of us say together what we turn our back on? It's, I think we did that at the church I was on internship with, and so I just kind of put, cool, put that in my bag. I like that. Maybe I'll do it for the whole congregation next time instead yeah. and, and it, see how it goes. It's kind of a cool, like, re, we renounce them, we renounce them, we renounce them, and you could build it and yeah. make it louder. and So we just, all, yeah. If, if so, then shout when we renounce them. Yeah, that would be fun. Oh, yeah. I might do that next time. There you go. Um, <laughs> I also, after giving people at the end of the rite the candle, I always have candle holders on the altar and ask that they put the candle still let, lit and keep it on the altar for the rest of the service. So it's not like, here's the light of Christ shared with you. And by the way, now you blow it out right away. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the entire unity candle issue about do you extinguish the own, the, the individual candles? So Right. And so like, oh, you've been given the light of Christ. And now a minute later, blow, blow it, it out, out, please. <laughs> so, just that little bit of uh, of having that is just something, a minor truth. That's cool. That I, I actually just did a baptism this past weekend of, two, of twins. And then their older siblings I involved in it. Um, the service. So both of the the older siblings were g- the ones given the candles because um, one's a teenager and one's like maybe 10 or something. So they're old enough that, you know, they're helping change diapers, but they're also old enough to be responsible with the Theoretically. And, uh, and one of them was the one who poured the water during the Thanksgiving for the font and the other one held my book for me so that like I involved them in the baptism a little bit as well. So yeah, it's just, a family affair. Yeah, which is a nice thing to do when you have the older siblings so that they can be involved a, a little bit. So mm-hmm. at my second call, I used to always take selfies with the families right after the baptism because they would always sing um, Morning Cry or something. They always had some song that they sang after every single baptism. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of this. And the senior pastor would always take that as time to take the child and like walk around the sanctuary with it, which I find weird. I, it just strikes me as too much like you're modeling. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Strike a pose. Yeah. Well, and my former colleague would like do the whole Lion King thing. Ah. Hold the kid up. <laughs> yeah. See that? Yeah. No. So I would always just take a, a selfie and then I would share it on the, uh, the congregation's Facebook page with the uh, the whoever was baptized name. We welcome you into the body in Christ and into the mission we sh- we share. So social media, we yeah. So it was just something fun to do for that little bit, and also not like this weird. Let me show off the child, like get the congregation's approval. Like let's all check the teeth next. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is a little weird. Check for any deformities. I don't know. It just is weird. Yeah, I wonder where that came from. I don't know, but it's something of male pastors of a certain age tend to do it a lot. So Yeah. 
Another thing that you can do at a baptism is aspergises. We were asperges, asperges, asperges. We, <laughs> however you say that word, where you flick water on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just flick it off. Just flick it. Just flick whip, it. whip, whip, whip. Flick everyone off with flick the water. Flick everyone off with the water. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yes, I know some people really don't like to be on the receiving end. No. And we all have known that person who, like, holds the hymnal up in front of their face and doesn't want to sit in the front row. But it's it's this, um, you know, this ancient tradition of remembering our baptism. Yeah. And when I was Googling how do you spell asperges, asperges whatever, um, I learned that uh, an aspergillium, if, you, if that's how you say it, is is what you use to do the aspergises. It's a liturgical implement used to sprinkle holy water. It comes in two common forms, a brush that is dipped in the water and shaken, and a silver ball on a stick. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. So Google that shit because you will learn something. <laughs> Things that sound weird and like amoebas or yes. some sort of disease. Um, something that you can also do just uh, to, I don't know, more decor for it is decorate some water drops on the windows, um, like paper water, pieces of paper or fabric cut out into the shapes of water, um, in the windows or hanging from the ceiling, ceilings, you can have some blue streamers or bolts of blue fabric. Um, I've seen it where it comes from the font out into, and, uh, out into the sanctuary, uh, the rest of the sanctuary a little bit, or, um, you can do, I think a lot of congregations have some way that they have a commemorate those who've been baptized. So like my first call had this banner that had a shell and then it had paper water drops with everyone's who had been baptized with their name and their baptismal date that they would pin up there. And then they would like move them up um, every once when it got full at the bottom. My second call had these embroidered I guess patch things would be the best that were like Velcroed to a um, thing on the back walls. So, and they had the last few sets. Um, I was at a church recently and through the halls were lined with pictures of every baptism that congregation had had since like the year 1995 maybe or something like that. So, wow. Yeah. So it had gone back for a while of all the, all the baptisms. So. so it's like a selfie wall. Yeah. <laughs> but not selfies. But not selfies. Pose yeah. pictures. Which so. is which is fine. That's pretty cool. The church I grew up in would always have a banner that was made with the kids. Well, yeah, again, the kid, the person being baptized name mm-hmm. on it. And I, me being a kid would always get mad when you saw it because it was always, you would see the baptismal banner. And then you would also realize that there was communion because we only had communion twice a month. And they always happened on the same Sunday. Oh, and, so it took forever? Yeah, and me and my little kid brain would get mad because it meant that worship was going to be super long. Because <laughs> it would you'd see the banner first, and then you would look over at the altar and be like, why is there baptism always on communion Sundays? Oh, no, how dare they? <laughs> how dare we make space for liturgically important things? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and but, so kind of the same is a lot of churches give... Symbols or mementos, momentum, mementos yeah, from the church. I was thinking of the the candy, and I was like, "That's not the right." No, it's the same word. Okay, 
Mentos? Yes, Mentos. <laughs> Momentos. Um, I'm trying to like think of a theme song with like with baptism. Like, oh wait, now I'm thinking of Folgers. It's theme song. no. <laughs> baptism, you're full of life. <laughs> Somebody write that. <laughs> You'll be podcast famous. He'll reference you. I also like. Um, I often often refer to them as parting gifts. Parting gifts. Oh no! I know that sounds bad. Or your prize winnings. <laughs> oh like. dear. So, uh, a lot of them have the traditional certificates, and you can find those everywhere at various church stores. Yeah. Online. Um, something that I've done once or twice is um, I found we may we bought one of these for my nephew on his baptism was off of Etsy was a name cross and so somebody took his name and then like flipped it eight different ways so that it was the cross uh, it made the cross oh and it was that's so that cool. it was this fancy font and so i figured out how to make them myself you know cuz it really is just uh on power uh, on word art or something yeah and you can just plug it in on paint of you know mirror images and stuff like that anyway so I have made those crosses with the person's name. Actually, I did this once for a confirmation, too. And then did um, and wrote at the bottom, surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And then passed it around the sanctuary so that people could sign it. Ooh. Of those who were there to witness the baptism or the affirmation of baptism. And that they are surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. Oh, that's fun. Sort of like a wedding guest book. (laughs) Kind of. It was kind of that same. But like, and it's kind of nice because then it's. You know, again, this baptism thing wasn't like just the family saying, let's fill up this, you know, have this milestone in this kid's life to fill up a page in the baby book, but actually like, oh, there's people who are praying for us. Yeah. And they have buy-in and like, you're part of this community and there's a visual representation of that. Mm Mm-hmm. So. All right. So tell me about your small robe. Yeah. So, um... (laughs) My congregation has the tradition where they make, it's not even like a full robe. It's like, it looks like a cross, like a cross with like a, it's hard to describe, but it just has a hole over the top. It's like a mini poncho. It is like a mini, yes, it's like a mini poncho that sort of like looks like a robe, but you can just slip it over the kid's head. Um, I've heard it's been called a chrism. I don't know if that's what it's really called, but I think it harks back to the tradition where Adult people who were baptized would wear a white robe um, as part of that rite. Or they would be given a new ro- a new clothes after as they, they came, came out. out. Yeah, so typically I would put it on the kid if, it, if they would let me, um, kind of at the end of the baptism, kind of to mm-hmm. represent that. It's kind of fun when we had uh, a four-year-old be baptized, and so they made a bigger one because they had made all of these small ones, and the small yeah. ones were sort of at the ready, but the person who made them made a big one so that it could fit over her head and so That's she could nice. have one too. So it's kind of kind of a cool thing. Some babies don't like it I'm because they're sure. already wearing really uncomfortable clothes that are really and nice. And just got them wet. Yeah, and I just got them wet. So often they'll, like, take it right off, and it's a cute moment that everyone's yeah. like, ha, 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 that's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, and so some like a lot of churches will also if they don't do something like that uh, that's more clothes, they'll do a bib or a napkin. Yeah, a little dabby dabby yeah. napkin. Now that I got you wet, let me dry you off mm-hmm. a little. Um, and then you can keep this yes. wet damp cloth. 
and put it in their baby book. Your baby book, yeah. Um, So it's like a bigger version of that. But again, all goes back to that symbolism of the new clothes that people were given in the early church. And so then there's also the banners and the cross, or sometimes you get actual crosses, like wall crosses. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, do real ones and not something like super cutesy, babyish, because... Ideally, you want that person to have that cross the rest of their life and not reach, like, teenage years and be like, oh, my God, that's so babyish. <laughs> Why would I keep that? So, I've seen some churches where they give out small chests, like wooden chests that the a woodworking group in the congregation makes, or a woodworker individually. And then, um, and so those items will go home in that chest with them. But then they also have that as part of a milestone ministry where they then give them different things to go in that chest at various other milestones in their life so that by the time that you reach adulthood you will have it kind of looks like a hope chest but like quarter size maybe um baby hope yeah (laughs) baby hope chest Um, that's really cool yeah and you would fill it with some other things at other milestones and like i think one church that i know of they then they actually give larger ones like more like a half-size hope chest or a full-size one. And then they also give you a the quilting group that makes a quilt for everyone when they graduate high school so that whether, whether they're going off to college or new jobs or new homes or whatever, they will have a quilt. And they don't do like a, a lap quilt. They do a queen-size quilt. Wow. Yeah. So That's really cool. That's some investment it in is those some kids. Investment. Yeah, some love. Yes. And so to have that... So, so we already kind of talked about music. A lot of churches yeah. do like a little song, like right after the baptism. And and you're right. Sometimes, usually, sometimes it's just so that the pastor can walk the kid around and yeah. be like, hey, I try to use that as like a, this is your new brother, sibling in Christ. Yeah. And like, isn't this cool? I don't know. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> I normally just ask people to go back to their seats and then we continue with the prayers of, of intercession yeah. <laughs> like nothing too fancy at that yeah point. but if you do a song that's cool yeah you do and, you <laughs> yeah and i like i think good shepherd has i've only done one baptism there they always do the same hymn of the day for baptism and that i don't like i'd rather have the hymn of the day reflect the you know where the text were right and so then mm-hmm. do that if you want a baptism hymn then it should be after the baptism yeah just sing a whole hymn yeah Anyway, so um, so something that uh, that's not included in the liturgy that used to be included in the liturgy, going way back to when people got new clothes, was um, that you would breathe on them, and so you would the pastor baptizing would actually like breathe into the face of the person being baptized huh. with receive the Holy Spirit. And so, and that was part of the baptismal liturgy that was taken out for valid reasons in like the Middle Ages because of germs, though they didn't really completely know about germs either at the time. <laughs> but it might not have been the most sanitary. Or maybe it was even later. And it still actually is in um, like Orthodox baptisms. Oh. But those are also the ones where you dump the kids, like full on dump yes. the kids a bazillion times. And so. It's kind of terrifying to behold. Yes. I'm, I'm imagining. I've never seen it done. I've only seen videos. Yeah. I always, I kind of want to do that, but like, do you practice on baby dolls first? Like, you, it feels like that's something you don't want to like get wrong. Right. Because you want to do it really quick so that the kid doesn't like inhale water into their lungs and I don't know. I bet you they have a class in seminary for that. 
a one day thing or an entire course? I don't know. Maybe it's sort of like CPR. <laughs> where... And you probably this... have to learn CPR at the same yeah, time. Yeah, like we, we're teaching you CPR and first aid while we're teaching you how to immersion dunk baptize kids. Because you might need it if you do this wrong. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, baptism is not just a baptism, though, because we affirm our baptisms all the time. So should we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, the rite of the affirmation of baptism, at least in the Lutheran in the Lutheran hymnal, is otherwise known as confirmation. And we're going to have an entire episode in some future That's, point yeah. really expanding that. Um, but we could touch on a few things now. Yeah. I mean, when I've done individual, I, uh, especially at confirmation time, to have parents and godparents be um, up there behind, standing behind the kids. And then when there's parts about that include like individual prayers and laying on of hands that they're invited to lay their hands on the, the that sounds bad. They're invited to lay their hands on their children. <laughs> <laughs> Gently, yes. in, with love. <laughs> and then we also use affirmation of baptism for new members. Um, so that's also, that actually you could do, invite the entire congregation to, depending on the size of your congregation, to gather around and lay hands on the new member and then maybe have a moment of introduction as well. Mm-hmm. So, And you can always use, uh, um, have them come up forward to the baptismal font Put their hand in the font or uh, kind of do the sign of the cross on their foreheads. Yes, so you, they're wet. Yeah. Um, and then also, when you, whenever you do the affirmation of baptism, gather at the font, not up front and center if that's... Not where your font is. <laughs> yes. If your font is over to the side or in the back, then gather there because it's an affirmation of baptism. People not can a turn show. around. People can turn <gasps> can around. Can they? What? Uh, no. I don't think... Shocking. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and then we also have affirmation of baptism in a corporate setting. Yes. Often. And by that, I do not mean a, uh, a fortune 500 company. <laughs> it took me a second. <laughs> it did you a second. I was like, when do what I, when have I ever heard a, about affirmation of baptism? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, going to completely leave that entire pause in when I edit this. Maybe I'll make it like, longer. Crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So corporate affirmation of baptism. Um, yeah, Esper. So, so when would you do a corporate affirmation of baptism as opposed to a Thanksgiving for baptism, which we'll talk about in a second? I think, I feel like I'm being quizzed. Because <laughs> I'm like, I've never done, I've never done a corporate affirmation of baptism that's not like a bunch of confirmands. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I, and I'm sure there'd be like a really cool, like liturgically appropriate well, time to do it. Well, I think you could it. do it, like it, actually I, I it would be good to do at on baptism of our Lord Sunday. Yeah. It, I think it would be good to do it uh, on Pentecost. Um, Ooh, yes. Yeah. Especially if you don't have any confirmands who are getting confirmed yeah. on Pentecost. Yes. Um, I th- yeah, it, I mean, I think when you tie it in, it would be good when there's a... Um, either you're celebrating the congregation's anniversary or you're celebrating Ooh. another milestone in the life of the congregation. Like, even at a congregation closure, I think an affirmation Ooh. of baptism would be a good thing to do there. See, I figured we would come up with something. Like, yeah. if we... I was like, okay, I know that there's answers in our brains. We just <laughs> have to access them. <laughs> I will access them all. <laughs> all right. So, so, yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Multiple ways. And, and then you can use all... More Spurgisuses. Yes. And if you're outside for it, because, like, we often will have a um, church picnic on Pentecost, and so... Uh, 
then you can, instead of asperges, you can use squirt guns, <laughs> which, or water balloon fight, and even better than actual water balloons, because then you have to pick up the balloons everywhere, is there's, um, what are called, they're reusable water balloons, which are basically a sponge thing that's, like, then crocheted. Yeah. Look oh. it up. I learned about them Google the other that day. shit. Yeah. Google it. It's great. Be good for the environment. So, Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna look reusable that up. water balloons. So you cool. kind of like soak them in water and then throw them at people. And throw them at people. <laughs> Church. Yes. <laughs> so the other option that I think is more common for many congregations is the Thanksgiving for baptism, which mm-hmm. at least in our tradition is sort of an alternative to the confession. It yes. kind of comes at the at the front part of the service. So at least. Um, what I, when I incorporated it in my congregation, I have a big, big pitcher of water and I'm pouring, 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 trying not to feel like I have to pee, but 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 wanting to make everybody else have to pee. But wanting to make everyone else have to pee. Um, just, just pour, pour, pour. And so you, you have to sort of like time it. Yeah. And I'm like doing the action like you can see it. (laughs) Um, Also, something that you can do both for Thanksgiving for baptism, but also actually anytime you have a baptism would be have one of those water feature fountains that like constantly. So it's running throughout the entire service that you can Mm -hmm. hear the water throughout the entire service. Um, Because that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We tend to do Thanksgiving for baptism based on the liturgical season. Mm So um, Epiphany is a good one. Season after Epiphany is great. Um, I don't know. We just kind of pick. Like, oh, yeah. Easter. We always do it over after oh, Easter. Yeah. During the Easter season. Sometimes I'll throw it in during the summer. Yeah. For just to kind of break things up a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the things that you could do um, is, if you're, like, doing it in the summer, too, yeah. and to promote uh, activity and excitement during the summer and get people to come, is have your youth group be part of the Asperges. Yeah. Asperges. And you can also include water from local rivers or other water sources nearby and then name them during that Thanksgiving for baptism and also name the native people whose land you're on during that part. Um, if you are doing that, I would not always suggest that you then do a Spurgis because those waters might not be clean anymore. True. I'm just thinking of like when my first call, the most, the closest body of water was literally called Factory Pond. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. It was a man-made pond for the factory. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You could probably skip that one. Um. I mean, you could pour it in and that's, I mean, but I wouldn't then throw it at people. Yeah. So you can separate those two things. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Don't, don't asperge. Yeah. Unclean water. But it is good. You don't need somebody getting an infection in their eye because they got a Or. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. But it's good to acknowledge the bodies of water that are around us, especially yes. the, if you know the native names yes. for them. Instead of, you know, Round Lake, it's... Well, around here, like, we're part of the, the Lenape. Yeah. Um, the, the Lenape people yes. were, were here. <laughs> um, that's one example. Yeah. All right, so a couple of other things that you can do to incorporate baptism, whether it's, you know, Mm -hmm. around the time of celebrating 
uh, baptism of our Lord or any at any point during the year. Um, I've done a sermon series on baptism, um, and you could do this in a couple different ways. How I've done it is I've taken one year epiphany was um, seven weeks long, which was the perfect amount of time of Sundays to do baptism with each letter. And so I picked different words that had something to do with baptism. Um, it's seven weeks long again. This oh, epiphany, yes. This after Thank you for looking that up. So that's what I was just on my phone about. Great. But, so yeah. the letters are. So what I used and B please, stands for. Born anew. A. Affirmed. P. Power. T. Trust. I. Inspired. S. Serve. M. Multiply. Or you can make up your own. <laughs> please do. What does that spell? Baptism! <laughs> yeah. So I, it was really fun to like reveal each letter and I had like the letters up on the altar and then I would quiz them at the beginning of each sermon and be like, all right, let's talk through the letters. So that was actually really fun. I might actually do this. Yeah. Please it. steal it uh, from me. I can put my little kind of graphic on the site on Facebook and you can please steal it from me. Another thing you could do is um, highlight the different parts of the rite of baptism every week Mm -hmm. and kind of explain what they are. Like we already talked about how um, the profession of faith, part of the ancient rite of exorcism. Fun fact. Um, I'm sure there are lots of other fun historical things, (laughs) the other things are theological that you could dig into. Um, You could dig into why baptism is a sacrament, kind of go back to your own confirmation classes and like what is your what is our definition of of baptism uh, of a sacrament why do why is baptism a sacrament dig into the small category because jesus commanded it and it has a symbol yeah an earthly element yeah that's our definition but it's not the same definition for every christian tradition no nope. but you do you and you, you do your tradition you do your tradition um, and, but, but talk about why is it that you have seven sacraments and you can kind of launch from there. All right. Fun stuff. Any other final words on yes. baptism? So, uh, we do have sort of have a BYOB, um, the, the earlier this week, the Southeastern Pennsylvania Synod Council met, which is sort of our like dio- diocese, um, council or your diocese my diocese sorry yeah like we we call them lutherans call them synods they're basically like a geographical region diocese and so it's like the council or i don't know what are other terms for councils anyway the the governing board of director body thing yes um afterwards we always meet for a meal and during that meal um there one of our members of the council is a student at united lutheran seminary which is where we happen to also have been meeting at that on that night and she was talking about how she has to go to class and that class was on baptism she's Ah. taking a baptism class and so we started talking about our different experiences in our baptism you know classes and how we practiced and then we started talking about what are some cool things that we could do uh, around baptism and we came up with using a water fountain of some variety which we already mentioned also a bubble machine and a snow machine or a foam machine as sort of different fun and interesting ways to remember our baptisms. Because you need water for all three of them. Right. And sometimes it's winter. <laughs> Often it's winter, uh, especially around our baptism of our Lord. And if you can get your hands on a snow machine, that'd be pr- if you do that, take pictures and send them to us. So yeah. thank you, Southeast Penn Synod Council Conversations, for some creative 
um, classes. And then we told her to um, talk about, ask about the theological implications of using a bubble machine or a snow <laughs> machine as part of the affirmation of baptism or Thanksgiving for well, baptism. And then report back to us. So we'll see what I she says. I was going to say, I'm sure somebody will say something like bubbles pop and snow melts, but water evaporates. So. Right. Yep. It's, it's all water based. So. All right. So we'll let you know what she comes what she comes up with. Let's do some shots. All right. All right. So January fifth is uh, the second Sunday after Christmas. Um, we're going to do Epiphany that day, but as Epiphany is technically January sixth. But if you are doing second Sunday after Christmas, the gospel reading is John one. Uh, this you can do either one through eighteen or ten through eighteen, depending on what you want to do. It's that poetic beginning of John, and then the Word became flesh, and then you get some. Um, a little bit of John in there. Um, so something it talks about sharing the light of Christ and the, uh, the, or the light is in the world and the uh, dark, uh, darkness does not overcome the light. And so maybe redo some Christmas Eve where you should get those candles out and you share the light of Christ with everyone again. Um, also tie into baptism because it's the baptismal candle that you were given at, uh, at your baptism. So you have the Paschal candle that you're lighting from. Yes. So, which is where those candles should be lit from at a baptism. So um, verse 16, it talks about receiving grace upon grace. And so you can have, I was thinking like Duplo blocks. So you want something that connects, Ooh. but Duplos are big enough, bigger <clears throat> than a Legos. And you can have people take permanent marker and write on the outside a g- moment of, of grace that they've received. And you can give people one or five each or whatever. And then you can stack them and see the grace upon grace and how high your stack goes of the grace upon grace or the preschool blocks the brick blocks that you see in like uh, yes kindergarten but the i was thinking interconnecting so that oh right yeah that's true then it would fall over yeah but you just you can glue them you just need a larger base if you do preschool blocks um so verse 18 uh talks about what does god look like and so you can have some of that conversation about the what does god look like and there has been a new translation of the um, commandments that have been going around Facebook. It's from a Facebook group uh, page called The Weird Preacher. Um, we'll post it, but we'll wait until closer to the state because we have all of our memes set up for Christmas. Yes, now. you do. You are busy. <laughs> anyway, um, but the commandment uh, about graven images, the, that translation is, do not forget that, en- that any given image of God is only a glimpse. Ooh. And I just really like that about you. We are only given small bits, but you can also then have a moment to deconstruct the old white man God image that is of the Sistine Chapel and everything else. And you can deconstruct that about and refer to God as like the, you know, big mama from uh, Shaq or some other images of for uh, Alanis Morissette in um, uh, oh, Dogma. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And other things. So. And Morgan Freeman. Of course, Morgan yes. Freeman. But he might actually be gone, though. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the man doesn't age, so. Oh, this is true. All right. If you're doing Epiphany, um, we're uh, we're transferring Epiphany to the 12th. Um, so you do you. Like, there's a couple yep. different ways you can do it. You could do, uh, you know, second Sunday after Christmas, because I don't think we do that have that a lot. Um, we get that many years, two Sundays after Christmas. I don't think we mm, yeah, get no, that. Not, no. Yeah. So if you're, tr- if you're doing it either way, um, epiphany is super fun and we're in the year of Matthew. So it kind of like, 
goes right Kicks really off well. Yeah, and it goes really well with the whole flow. So you could play Follow the Star. You could put just stars everywhere in your sanctuary. You could do this during the children's sermon. Um, you could play different types of games with light. You could get those scratch-off stars. I know I, I get those every year for my kids, and they love them. And then they can take them home, and they could hang them up and keep them with them. By the scratch-off stars, you mean those they're star-shaped, they, and they're black, and they, yes. and they have rainbow underneath? Them. Yes, okay. correct. Yeah, Amazon has a pretty good deal yeah. on them. Oriental trading. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, get them. You could use this as an opportunity as sort of like the Christmas cleanup party, so it kind of doesn't mm-hmm. quite feel like, oh, Christmas is over we gotta take everything down you could kind of make it festive and play some games um as you're kind of getting the church ready for uh, the season after epiphany i always really like to do star words i think we've covered that um in different places otherwise google it it's a really awesome thing um otherwise see our star word for this last word was year was honest oh yeah you know, I don't even remember what mine was. The only reason why I remember <laughs> it is because my response was honestly. Well, honestly, I like it. <laughs> Honest, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yep. Um, intriguing. You yes. make it a word that you are. Um, anyway, so. anyway. Otherwise, you could check out our other two episodes on Epiphany and the season after Epiphany 2019. We did Epiphany: The Other Green Meat. Which I think is a fantastic title because it's the other green season. Um, And then 2018, Magi, Stars, and Gifts. Oh, my. Yes. Um, January 12th is Baptism of Our Lord. Uh, Matthew 3, 13 through 17, which is, shockingly, the baptism of Jesus. I know. I I hope I did not make anyone's heads explode with that connection. (laughs) Um, So it might actually be good to start with verse 1, especially if you want to focus a little bit more on John. Um, You can keep a shepherd out from a nativity set and talk about how you got a lot of John during Advent as well. Um, If you don't have a baptism or affirmation of baptism, do that corporate affirmation of baptism. See, I already even had that in my notes when you had asked earlier. Ah! Um, Have people write prayer requests on uh, paper that is shaped like water droplets or doves and then um, hang them either over the font or on the windows or the walls and you can add to them for the rest of the season after Epiphany is a good way of being surrounded by prayers. Um... It ends with, this is my child, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased, or this is my son, actually. So write that on slips of paper and have people take that home um, for them to place it on a mirror. And then also go in your congregation's restrooms and put them on the mirrors there, too, so people see it that day in, in worship. So Cool. Yeah. All right. So January 19th, the second Sunday after Epiphany, is we're back, now we're back to John. So, uh, the Gospel of John. And so, this is uh, John the Baptist. Is that John the Baptist? Yeah, John the Baptist. John the Baptist. JTB. JTB. <laughs> uh, only John's version. So, if you if you did decide to transfer Epiphany to the 12th and then the Baptism of Our Lord to today, um, you don't necessarily need to switch no. the text, which I'm actually considering because originally I was thinking, I'll, I'll just switch the text and it's fine. Um, as long as everyone is on the same page, yeah, it doesn't really matter, but you probably don't have to. So. It kind of depends on if you want to just stick with Matthew or not. Right. Anyway. Or, or if you really like John. I know some people yeah. who really like John. So it's up to you, Fielder's Choice. Um, check out all the other 
uh, suggestions that we've already had. A big focus of this text is come and see. So have invitations for people to give to family or friends or neighbors to come and see whether that is like, let's actually invite people to attend worship with you. Evangelism? We can't do that. What? Um, Or even make this sort of like a come and see Sunday um, and make it intentional where you're going to be inviting. Because theoretically, we we should feel free to invite anyone at any time. But maybe give your congregation a little bit of a challenge of come and see. And if you do a lot of, if you do the come and see Sunday, take that time to be very explanatory throughout the service to explain what is happening right throughout in fact you could even do there are um liturgies written that is you can is pre-written where you can include that in your worship service i know that there are some floating around out there where you it's kind of scripted and you talk about where it where things come from and why do we do the things that we do why do we stand up sit down fight 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 or whatever in our in our worship services so that could be a really good day for that so in this reading, Andrew finds Jesus first, but it is Simon who gets the name change. Um, so that's kind of a fun fact. Yep. Nothing creative about that. I just wanted to point it out because <laughs> I, I found that in- intriguing that, you know, Andrew actually knows Jesus first, but poor Andrew is not the one who becomes BFF right. with Jesus right. uh, and gets the cool nickname. Everything's always P- Cephas, Cephas, Cephas. <laughs> Peter, 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 Peter. 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 Peter, Peter, Peter. Peter. Mm. Um, January 26th is the third Sunday after Epiphany. It's Matthew 4, 12 through 23, which is John is arrested. Jesus moves to Capernaum uh, and then to fulfill the words of Isaiah. And then Jesus calls the first disciples. So we kind of get a repeat of the latter half of the previous Sunday's text. So, um, but Matthew's version. So it echoes uh, the beginning of it where it fulfills the words of Isaiah. It also echoes Zechariah's song about the birth of John, including the um, those who live in a valley of darkness. Um, so just hmm. uh, to keep that in mind. Um, and maybe you can go back to, because John just being arrested of the words that Zechariah said at the birth of John. So, mm-hmm. uh, but in a different gospel. Um, make a sign, uh, make a sign that says repent that the kingdom is near and walk around like you're that guy in Times Square getting everyone to repent. <laughs> oh man, I saw, we were there recently and there was one of the people who are doing that had like a, an, a, a Bible, like a physical actual Bible, but they had somehow like laminated it or like ceramic, some, some sort of coating like stuck to this poster board. And he was carrying this... That's going to be a very heavy poster. It was heavy. And I was also like, do you actually read your Bible then? Like, nope. is that your Bible? Like it's protective I, coding like so how, you never actually see it. Yeah. And I'm like, how... What a great, interesting image that is. Yes. Also, something to be aware of, it's Jesus is the one who's saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Mm. So, um, then uh, there's, I will make you fish for people. And what exactly that means. And maybe a good children's sermon would be to catch the kids in a net. And how <laughs> impractical it is to fish for people um, would be a good, like, lead into what does it mean to fish for people? Because it's not actually like, let me go out and set up traps for them. <laughs> so. Even though that maybe that would work. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I think it, when this text has come up before, I think we've talked about vocation. Yeah. Like, this is a great Sunday to talk about our different vocations and how Jesus uses that. All right. So for our, our chaser, uh, we are lifting up... Um, a lectionary blog 
um, called Journey with Jesus. It is at journeywithjesus.net. And it is written primarily by a woman named Debbie Thomas, and it's spelled D-E-B-I-E Thomas, as in the regular Thomas. And she has some really great reflections on what's coming up in the lectionary every week. And I know I've used her stuff in multiple sermons, and she's sort of becoming one of my kind of go-to in the cycle of what do I check as far as preaching resources. And you believe she's Anglican? I think she's Anglican. I know she's a woman of color. Um, and I, it doesn't say on her bio, but I feel like other people have told me that she might be from the Anglican, uh, tradition. It is a, a blog that reaches, uh, kind of like a worldwide audience. So it's not Lutheran. It's not a specific, I don't think it's from a specific denomination. It's sort of like pan Christian, um, perspective, which is kind of fun because I know sometimes we get stuck in our own little, our own little Lutheran bubbles. I'm sure that never happens to anyone in any nope. other tradition. Nope. Never, <laughs> never get stuck in bubbles. So we bubbles. try to break out a little bit. Pop all those bubbles that are, <laughs> that are happening with your bubble machine to remember <laughs> baptism. Yep. All right. Well, and uh, if you have any ideas for us for a chaser or want to get a hold of us for any other reason, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Lit Liturgy, or you can email us at litliturgy at gmail.com, L-I-T-L-I-T-U-R-G-Y. And please send us things for BYOB. We want to reference you all and think it's fun to interact. So anyway, we're already thinking about our next podcast, and it's Lent. Which scares the crap out of me. It's only Advent, and we're going to be talking about I Lent. I, I got this email from the from some ELCA thing about, like, here are Lent resources for, you know, yep. ELCA good gifts or whatever. And I was like, oh, I don't want to think about Lent. But no. but it's coming. Um, not as soon as it has come and arrived in other years, but it always, it always is sooner than, than we think. So yep. we will, if you have any good Lent ideas, hit us up. And as always, we thank Brian O'Dean for his wonderful theme music. I feel like I always forget to say, check him out on Patreon. Check him out because he's a wonderful musician and... And Facebook, Brian O'Dean And Facebook, yes. um, He plays locally. I think they're local to Iowa and does different events and things like that. But he's a wonderful musician and very creative. He writes all of his own stuff and it's awesome. Brian with a Y and O-D-E-E-N. Yes. So, and in the meantime, uh, who are we? Yeah, this is Becca. (laughs) This is Lydia. And we're reminding you to always drink and plan worship responsibly.